everyone, and welcome back to the Football Outsiders Fantasy Podcast. I'm your host, Scott Spratt, a writer for FootballOutsiders.com, part of Edge Sports. It's the Friday leading into the Week 8 games, and so I'm going to hit on all of my favorite DFS plays for the week in just a bit. But before I get to that, I want to let you know about an exclusive offer from Football Outsiders, the innovators of modern football analytics and proprietary metrics you know and love like DVOA and DYAR. Those stats are used by teams, and they're great tools for fantasy players, too. So get the most out of your fantasy teams and DFS lineups with an FO Plus package. You can become an outsider today with promo code FANTASY25 to save 25% off the site-wide. That's code FANTASY25 to save 25% off site-wide for all of Football Outsiders tools and statistics. Well, if you watch the Thursday night game between the Panthers and Falcons, I think you might have a good sense how rain and wind can really affect a team's fantasy potential, in particular with the pass. And that's actually going to be a really big issue across especially the Northeast this Sunday as there are heavy winds and rain in a few spots projected. So the rain in particular seems like it could affect the Steelers, Ravens, Raiders, Browns, Patriots, and Bills games, while winds could affect the Steelers, Ravens, Raiders, Browns, Titans, Bengals, Patriots, Bills, Saints, Bears, Cowboys, Eagles, and in particular, I would say the Vikings and, and Packers games. And so actually, I'm going to make the, the Vikings at Packers game my featured game to talk about here to kind of give you a sense of how this is going to work. That game is forecasted for a kickoff temperature of 35 degrees Fahrenheit with 26 miles per hour sustained winds. That's much heavier than you typically get. You probably only get that one or two times a year on average, and it can really make a big difference. The research I've done groups, I guess I would say milder heavy winds together with those really heavy wind occurrences to kind of get a sense of how wind can impact things. So games where there is at least 10 mile per hour winds tend to see pass plays cut by 2% and run plays um, improve by 2%, whereas they see pass plays uh, completion percentages cut by 3%, yards per pass cut by 5%, and touchdowns per pass cut by 6%. And again, with this wind in this game being north of 20 miles per hour, those could be even more extreme splits. And so as such, you know, with Kirk Cousins, he does draw a good matchup here against the Packers. In particular, they're the number three cutter of passing interceptions per attempt. But I won't know part of him in either regular formats or in DFS because of the conditions. And with Aaron Rodgers, he comes out as a negative $850 uh, surplus and DraftKings and negative 350 and FanDuel just because I think the wind is going to probably impact his ability to produce in fantasy more than what would be his typical line in this game because after all the Vikings are a tremendous matchup for opposing passers normally 9% booster of completion percentage 20% booster of yards per attempt those are both first in football and a near 50% booster of passing touchdowns per attempt so you, you'll get the motivation to use Rodgers but I think that in DFS, it's a risky play this week unless it's part of maybe a stack to hope that the wind won't actually be as bad as it's it's forecasted to be. Um, I think I have him in the back end of my top 10 among quarterbacks just in traditional formats just to give you a sense of how he stacks up this week. So if you want to rely on players in this game, I think Dalvin Cook and Aaron Jones are your best bets. Of course, that assumes that both of them are going to be healthy enough to play, which we don't really know yet as of Friday morning, but you can check the, the updates on Sunday. 
of, of the two, Cook seems like the better value, in particular in DraftKings, where he's a $900 surplus at $7,500 price tag. He's more expensive at $9,200 in FanDuel and ends up becoming a little bit of a shortfall in value. But the Packers are the number 12 booster of yards per carry and number two booster of touchdowns per carry at 69%. So Cook could have a really big day if he's back and healthy, ready to go. Uh, for Jones, he's about a $500 surplus in DraftKings and a bit of a shortfall in FanDuel. The Vikings, they're a little bit more of a neutral value. Uh, yards per carry, they cut by 4%. Touchdowns per carry, they cut by 6%. So this would really more be a play that maybe the Packers could go ahead in this game and would be able to rely a little bit more heavily on the run to salt it away. Of course, if that happens, then Jamal Williams might end up being the guy. So even though Williams, at his price as the backup, is more than a $1,000 shortfall in value in both DraftKings and FanDuel. He would probably be the easier player to start if Jones ended up missing time because you wouldn't have really the same concerns that if they had a big lead that they would have to switch backs to keep Aaron Jones healthier. In terms of the passing game, I think you're maybe looking at uh, the Packers here. I do see Adams as a bit of a surplus. He actually comes in a pretty heavy surplus in DraftKings at 1400 at an $8,800 price tag. Uh, and it's really just about the incredible volume of work that he's been seeing. When he's been healthy in weeks one, two, six, and seven, he's had a 33.8% target share. That's the highest among all wide receivers, both in that subset of games and overall this season. So you're kind of hoping that he can volume his way to a, a very productive fantasy day. And the Vikings are, in particular, I would say, a good matchup for number one wide receivers. The number one booster of completion percentage and yards per target to the position. Number three booster of touchdowns per target, more than doubling that up over average. So the, the appeal is really there, and Adams probably makes sense. If you're going to rely on Rodgers as part of a stack, obviously you would want Adams to be a part of that piece too. But still, I don't really love it, in particular in FanDuel, where he's a little bit more expensive. If you're just kind of you know, mixing things up in your lineup and you want to rely on a pass catcher for the Packers, maybe Robert Tanyan makes a little bit more sense. He's a $450 surplus in DraftKings at $4,300, but again, more expensive in FanDuel at $59 and, and not a value there. But, sh you know, shorter average depth of target there, maybe somebody you can kind of be more an extension of the running game and get a little bit of work there, maybe catch a touchdown to buoy his fantasy value. And the Vikings in particular have been a booster of completion percentage and yards per target to the position as well, both number one in football there. So you can kind of get the, get the line of thinking there. But for Adam Thielen and Justin Jefferson, players that I would normally be advocating in this spot, I see them both as shortfalls in value. Um, the Vikings, I mean, the, the Packers are a pretty good opposing matchup for both number one and number two wide receivers. Uh, Jair Alexander has kind of emerged, I would say, as one of the league's premier cornerbacks, cover corners, but he may not shadow them entirely. He stuck with uh, Thielen more earlier in the year, but that was really before Jefferson uh, started playing heavily. So it's not entirely clear how this will work out, but at least so far this season, wide receivers have had a lot of uh, um, success against the two. But both Thielen and Jefferson – do a lot of their work on big plays down the field. Thielen, 14.1-yard average depth of target. Jefferson, 12.8, even though he's you know kind of got a reputation as being a traditional slot receiver. So I just don't think either of them is worth a play this week when you know if the Vikings have their way, I think they'll probably throw 20 or fewer passes to try to deal with the conditions and to deal with the fact that the Packers are so explosive on offense. So that kind of gives you a sense of things. Um, 
From there, let's just kind of shift and go position by position. I'll start at quarterback the Sunday night game. I'm going to go with Carson Wentz. I mentioned that wins were a little bit of a factor here, but less so than some of the earlier um, 1 p.m. and 4 p.m. Eastern time games. So Wentz ends up coming out as a $1,000 surplus value. For Wentz, obviously the, the offensive line has been a major problem this season. They've had a lot of injuries there. Uh, they have an 8.3% adjusted sack rate, which is bottom 10 in football. And I would say that that's been a particular problem for Wentz's passing productivity and fantasy because four of the teams he's faced, Washington, the Rams, Pittsburgh, and Baltimore, are in the top 10 in um, adjusted sack rate on the defensive side of things. So it's been a pretty tough slate for that particular problem. This week he draws the Cowboys with just a 6.1% adjusted sack rate. That's 18th in football, and it's probably just going to get even easier because the team just traded their pass rusher Everson Griffin um, as part of a perhaps waving of the white flag on their chances this season. I'm not sure, but Either way, I think it gives Wentz a much better opportunity to take advantage of the Cowboys in what has been a very good defense to face for opposing quarterbacks this season. They're a top five booster of passing yards per attempt and passing touchdowns per attempt, and the number one cutter of passing interceptions per attempt, which could be a really good boost uh, for Wentz's fantasy value, which has already been a little bit higher than you might think because he's had five rushing touchdowns this season. Not that I suspect that will continue necessarily, but Wentz ends up being a top five fantasy option for me at quarterback this week and a good value in DraftKings. Next up, Matthew Stafford. A little bit of a shortfall, negative $100 uh, surplus in DraftKings, but $400 surplus in FanDuel. This isn't about the matchup. The Colts are a very difficult team to face. Top five overall defense, top five pass defense by DVOA. But for fantasy purposes, maybe not as extreme so far. Uh, Less than a 10% cutter of completion rate in yards per attempt. More extreme cutter of touchdowns per attempt. But I see this as maybe sort of an overcorrection based on the defensive matchup because Stafford has averaged 1.3 more fantasy points per game at home than on the road over the last four seasons. So it it may just be the fact that he's at home in the Dome could give him a little bit of a boost, um, and I don't hate the play this week. Uh, Next up, Cam Newton, $300 surplus at just $5,700 in DraftKings, neutral at $7,400 in FanDuel. Uh, He's seen his price slide over the last two games. Not surprisingly, he's played very poorly since coming back from having COVID. Uh, There's maybe a bunch of reasons for that, maybe COVID itself. But I'll point out, too, that the last two weeks, I think the uh, Patriots have played really bad matchups for their style in the Broncos and 49ers, the former being um, the eighth best run defense by DVOA, the 49ers being the sixth best. It's just not a good matchup for for the way they want to run the power running game. This week, the Patriots face the Bills, which are 26th in run defense DVOA. Um, And with the projected wins and rain potential for this game as well, look for the Patriots to run, run, run. And if they can take advantage of a softer opponent there, that could be huge for Newton's fantasy value. And frankly, in my mind, Josh Allen's fantasy value, who I see as a mild surplus value at 150 in DraftKings and 350 in FanDuel. Uh, He will have probably a few more opportunities to run the ball if he's unable to stretch the ball down the field, you know, to Stephon Diggs and the like. And while that counterintuitively doesn't sound like that's good for his fantasy value, but given the the relative scoring advantage of rushing over passing uh, in most fantasy formats, that could be a boost uh, for his fantasy value and and maybe just the platforms overcorrecting on the price side of things. And then one more quarterback to mention, Justin Herbert, neutral at 6900 in DraftKings, but a $550 surplus in FanDuel at $77. Uh, this, he's playing on the road in Denver, 
which seems like it would be a bad matchup, and they are a cutter, in particular, of passing touchdowns per attempt at close to 25%. But at this point, Herbert, I think, is getting to the point where you just have to kind of rely on him as a, as a weekly top 10 option. Uh, he's got 25.8 average fantasy points per game this season. Uh, that is in the top 10, and it trails just Russell Wilson, Kyler Murley, and Dak Prescott is even ahead of um, Patrick Mahomes, so f- fourth best. Plus, he's been really efficient in real life, Twenty-five point or 23.7% passing DVOA, seventh best of the position, ahead of Aaron Rodgers and Tom Brady as examples. So, you know, I'm not going to run away from this spot, and at least <laughs> being closer to the West Coast, he's out of the rain and the winds. So I feel a little bit better about him relative to a lot of the other quarterbacks you might normally want to use, you know, the Aaron Rodgers of the world, who just may not be as good at matchups this week. All right, next up, running backs. I'll start with Giovanni Bernard. Kind of an obvious value here if he plays and Joe Mixon sits. $1,600 surplus in DraftKings, $1,950 in FanDuel. Uh, With my current assumptions about who's playing and who's not playing, he ends up being my number one uh, DFS value for the week. So Bernard, I mean, reputation as a pass catching back, but he is five foot nine and two hundred and five pounds. That puts him in the twenty nine to thirty one BMI range that you know most of the bell cow backs work from. And he's been a bell cow back when Mixon has missed time over the last few seasons. It hasn't happened very often, but he has at least four um, catches in those three games that Mixon has missed. And last week, Bernard took 13 of the Bengals' 14 running back carries. So he ends up being a very comfortable top 20 running back option and just isn't priced for it under $6,000 in both platforms. Uh, Going a little bit more to the high end, Derrick Henry, a great value in DraftKings, just $8,000 price tag. I see him as close to $1,000 surplus. He's a shortfall in FanDuel, priced up at really much what you would expect at $9,500. I do like this matchup a lot against the Bengals. You have the wind, which could drive a little bit more rushing. But the Bengals, too, they're a top 12 booster of run plays and the number two booster of yards per carry, uh, close to 20% on that latter one. And if the Titans gain any kind of lead, then I think you can safely suggest that Henry is going to be running the ball a ton this week uh, to keep things simple and to uh, play within the the conditions that he's going to be having there. Uh, Next up, Kareem Hunt. Good value in both, but particularly in tracking, $1,600 surplus there at $6,900. Still a $500 surplus at $8,200 in FanDuel, though, because I really like this matchup. He's at home, and he's facing the Raiders, who were, in my mind, the, the new best team to face for running backs in fantasy. They boost yards per carry by 13% and touchdowns per carry by more than a 100%. Number one booster there. Number 29 DVA run defense and pass defense. Actually, having a bad pass defense is good for rushers in fantasy, believe it or not, because it, it creates more opportunities to score touchdowns, and that's really been the thing against the Raiders this season. All of their opponents have scored two rushing touchdowns this season, so look for Hunt to score at least one this week, possibly more. Could be a great week for him. Next up, David Montgomery, seventeen or $700 surplus in DraftKings at $5,900. Only $5,800 in FanDuel, given the, the normal price differences there. That's a really good value, $1,300. Uh, the thing here, it's not the Saints matchup because they're a cutter of both yards per carry and touchdowns per carry. Um, but Montgomery has been really making an impact as a receiver since Tariq Cohen went down for the season. Since week four, Montgomery, 15.2% target share, is actually seventh highest among running backs. So I think there's a little bit of workload safety here. So even if Montgomery can't get, get, get things going on the ground or even if the Bears fall behind in this game and need to pass to catch up, Montgomery could still salvage a good fantasy day. And that makes me feel a little bit better about it in the, in the tough matchup. And it's kind of a similar story here for Miles Gaskin. 
$800 surplus in DraftKings, $1,000 surplus in FanDuel. He's had a 12.9% target share over that same period, which is 13th highest at the position. And since the team, uh, since the Dolphins started putting Jordan Howard inactive as a healthy scratch, uh, Gaskin has picked up a lot of that goal line work to become more of a complete fantasy player. I don't think his DFS prices have quite caught up to that yet. Um, and this also might just be a little bit of an adjustment for the matchup against the Rams, who are the uh, number three cutter of rushing touchdowns per carry. But again, if Gaskin's going to be catching the ball as much as he has, I think it's somebody that you can still rely on. If you want to roll with somebody with a little bit better of a matchup, I think that's fair. And I would say Daryl Henderson uh, across the field from the, the Dolphins is a good one. $350 surplus at $5,900 in DraftKings, but more than a $1,000 surplus in FanDuel at $6,100. If you're looking at traditional stats, you might see this as being a real three-headed running back situation between he, Malcolm Brown, and Cam Akers. Henderson has 4.7 yards per carry, but Brown has 4.2 and Akers has 4.3. But I would say take a look at success rate, which is basically adjusting for the, the difficulty of the carries, and Henderson really stands out there. 60.9% success rate is actually top five among all running backs, whereas Brown and Akers are at 49.2 and 46.2%. I think Henderson's had quite a few carries in the red zone, in the goal line, in situations where you're not expecting to gain more than four yards on your carries, and that's actually made his yards per carry rate even though it's good, fall further than you would expect. So I think Henderson has a little bit more of a lead than you would expect based on the traditional stats. And that's played out on the field where he's had 14 touches or more in five of six games since his week two breakout. So I I feel really good about him as a top 20 true talent running back. And I think it's a really nice matchup, even on the road against the Dolphins, because the Dolphins have a really extreme split between their pass and run defenses. Number six DVOA pass defense, really good, and particularly really good since Avian Howard and Byron Jones have both gotten healthy at cornerback. But they had the number 32 DVOA run defense, which has also made them a top five booster of opposing yards per carry and touchdowns per carry. So look for a particularly heavy dose of Henderson this week. Could be a great fantasy value for you. Okay, moving on to wide receivers. A.J. Green, really good value here in DraftKings at $1,500. Just $4,500 price tag there. And FanDuel, $650 surplus at $5,800. This is a situation where I think I just feel more confident in Green being bounced back to his you know, early season wide receiver two levels. He had that trough and target share from weeks three to five that had him outside the top seven. He hit the position, but the last two weeks bounced back to 27.9% target share. That's 11th among wide receivers. I think he's looking a little bit healthier. Uh, maybe since some of the drama about potentially being traded, uh, I think he maybe made it a little bit of a priority to get him some targets. So I think he can volume his way to a good game here. Although again, this is one of the games where, where wind could affect things. So keep that in mind. Uh, Kenny Galladay would be dealing with wind in Detroit, but he plays in a dome. So that's a really nice boost uh, for his fantasy value there. Ends up coming out as close to $1,000 surplus in DraftKings, where he's less expensive, just 6600 more neutral in FanDuel. But, uh, you know, the Colts, they're a really good defense, um, but maybe a little bit more vulnerable to wide receiver ones. Uh, they're, they're kind of more balanced, maybe better against tight ends and, and against running backs on defense. Still top five in DVOA pass defense, but slightly boosting touchdowns per target for wide receivers and only cutting yards per target by 9% right now, kind of more middle of the pack. So I don't hate the Galladay uh, option there if you want to stack him in a, in a tournament-type setting with Stafford. I think that's an option for you. Uh, Keenan Allen, 
Uh, in particular, a value here on DraftKings, six, uh, 650 surplus at just 6,200. He's been priced really down in DraftKings for the last few weeks, and I don't really understand it because Allen has a 30.9% target share this season. That's the second highest among all wide receivers behind DeAndre Hopkins. And I kind of already explained how much I love Justin Herbert's game. So I just don't really see the reticence there. He's He's clearly, I guess, a, a top five true talent wide receiver in my mind, and he's just radically less expensive than some of those other guys. So, you know, keep relying on him. Don't worry about the matchups. Uh, Travis Fulgham, I like him a lot in fantasy right now, too. See him as a nice surplus in DraftKings at f- uh, 450, uh, surplus at just 5,900. He's had at least 10 targets in three straight weeks, and I think is pretty clearly the Eagles' number one receiver at this point. Not too worried about Alshon Jeffrey potentially coming back or, or Jalen Rager. I just think Fulgham has all the tools. And so I like him this week in particular against the Cowboys, who you know boost yards per target to number one receivers by 6% and touchdowns per target to number one receivers by more than 100%. Top five in football in that respect there. And then digging a little deeper, Rashard Higgins and Brandon Ayuk, two receivers that I think are going to get some workload boosts because of injuries to their teammates, Odell Beckham on the former side, Debo Samuel on the latter, which I think is going to make them a little bit of values in fantasy. Um, Higgins, 750 surplus at just 4,200 in DraftKings, 250 at 5,500 in FanDuel. Ayuk actually a little bit of shortfall in value in DraftKings, but $550 surplus at just 5,900 in FanDuel. You know, this is kind of just a short-term thing, but Higgins led all Browns wide receivers in offensive snap share last week, and Ayuk did the same for the 49ers. So potentially an opportunity to take advantage of increased workloads here before the platforms catch up. And then let's round out this with just a handful of tight ends to discuss. Trey Burton, a, a value in DraftKings at $650 surplus at 3500 more expensive and a bit of a shortfall on FanDuel. But Burton's had a 15.7% target share since coming off injured reserve in week four. That's the 12th highest at the position. Maybe hasn't quite called up to that in his prices. Uh, next up, Richard, uh, Richard Rogers, $700 surplus in DraftKings at 3900 Last week, he had an 85% offensive snap share versus just 11% for Jason Kroom. He also had a 19.5% target share that was top five among all tight ends last week. So I think while Dallas Goddard has, I think he's going to come back after the bye. So that'll be in week 10. But this is going to be another game where Rodgers is clearly the number one tight end for the Eagles, who historically have been the number one relier on tight ends. So I think a good opportunity to take advantage of him in that spot, facing the Cowboys, who... Uh, a top 10 booster in touchdowns per target to the position. And then finally, Harrison Bryant, another one where in DraftKings is a little bit more of a value, $900 surplus at just 3,200, but still a, a slight value in FanDuel at 50, at 5,000. And Bryant played kind of like Rogers, 77% of offensive snaps last week with Austin Hooper sidelined for his appendectomy. And it seems unlikely that Hooper is going to be able to make it back this week. So I think that's going to give you another opportunity to rely on Bryant and fantasy and uh, squeeze a little bit more value out of him before hopefully Hooper can come back healthy. Okay, that's going to wrap up this week's episodes of the Football Outsiders Fantasy Podcast. Thanks so much for listening. Please subscribe, rate, and review us on your favorite podcast platform. Meanwhile, come back next Tuesday to hear all of our uh, waiver wire recommendations for week nine. Thanks, and I'll talk to you then.